This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's Sunday, September 29th. I'm Margaret Brennan in the nation's capital, and this is Face the Nation. The whistleblower case explodes in Washington after President Trump releases details of his call to the Ukrainian president, in which he asks for a favor. Ukrainian help with investigating former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter for possible corruption. The call happened soon after the president ordered a hold on an aid package to Ukraine. It is not the role of the president to shake down foreign leaders for his own political purpose, withholding taxpayer money. Uh, uh, to do so. That was enough for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. After months of resisting pleas from Democrats to open an impeachment inquiry, she changed course. The next bombshell came when a whistleblower complaint filed by a CIA analyst assigned to the White House was handed over to Congress. It revealed blockbuster allegations about the president's efforts to urge the Ukrainians to meddle in the upcoming election and cited Attorney General William Barr and the president's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, as the points of contact. Also stunning? details of a possible administration cover-up as the whistleblower revealed White House officials locked down the call record in a classified server due to concerns over its content. But do these developments rise to the level of impeachable offenses? Most Republicans say no. President Trump insists he's done nothing wrong, but was caught on camera talking about the White House leak that led to the whistleblower complaint. Who's the person that gave the whistleblower the information? Because that's close to a spy. You know what we used to do in the old days when we were smart, right? With spies and treasons, right? We used to handle it a little differently than we do now. The president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, will be with us, as well as one of the president's biggest supporters, Senator Lindsey Graham. Two members of the House Intelligence Committee, Republican Will Hurd and Democrat Terry Sewell, will join us. Plus, Democratic Senator Chris Murphy will be here along with our political panel, just ahead on Face the Nation. Good morning and welcome to Face the Nation from Capitol Hill. It has been a mind-boggling week of developments in the whistleblower case here in Washington. Each new revelation brings more questions. We'll be talking today with key lawmakers from both sides of the aisle, as well as the person the whistleblower called a central figure in the case, President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. There is a sharp political divide among Americans on whether or not there should be an impeachment inquiry. A CBS News national poll just out says that more than half, 55 percent of Americans, say there should be an impeachment inquiry into the president. That includes 87 percent of Democrats and 23 percent of Republicans. Independents are split. 
42% of Americans say he deserves to be impeached over the Ukraine controversy. 36% say the president does not, and the rest say it's too soon. Those numbers also split along party lines for the most part. There's more from our poll on our website at facethenation.com. On tonight's 60 Minutes, Scott Pelley sat down with congressional leaders, including House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. He asked her what specifically had prompted her to open an impeachment inquiry into the president's actions regarding Ukraine. Here's a preview. Your Republican colleagues say, well, the the call is the call, but there's nothing here that rises to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. Well, they're wrong. And it remains to be seen because it's not just what happens in the call. It's part of the sequencing of events as well. You withdraw a couple hundred million dollars worth of of, uh, assistance to a country and then a couple of days later say, by the way, can you help me with my campaign? In other words, uh, there's a sequencing there. You can see more of Scott's interviews on 60 Minutes tonight. We turn now to the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Lindsey Graham. Senator, good morning. Good morning. Big week here, uh, but I want to begin where Nancy Pelosi just left Mm -hmm. off. She lays out what she says is most problematic, the sequencing. The president in this call record says, would you do us a favor? He brings up debunked myth about the DNC server, and then he brings up the Biden family and the need for Mm -hmm. an investigation. He repeatedly lays that out. and also the aid package is mentioned. Right. You have no problem with any of this. I have zero problems with this phone Even call. Even with that sequencing. I just told you I have zero problems with this phone call. There is no quid pro quo here. But I do have a problem with Nancy Pelosi. If you believe that Donald Trump did something to hurt this country, you owe it to vote, not talk about impeaching the president. The only way to open up an impeachment inquiry is to vote. We need a uh, John Hancock moment from House Democrats. Quit hiding behind Nancy Pelosi. If you think the president did something wrong in this phone call, then vote to open up an article of impeachment inquiry. And a lot of House Democrats won't because they're afraid. Well, putting that political calculus aside, I want to ask you about the content, though, of yes. this conversation. Can I tell you about this conversation? Do you think it was ethical for the yes, president to bring I, I, up Joe okay. Biden? Yes, absolutely. I think somebody ought to look at whether or not Joe Biden had the prosecutor fired uh, in an improper way. I love Joe Biden. I don't want to look at it. I want an inspector general, somebody like Mueller. Did Biden know that his son was receiving $50,000 a month from a gas company being investigated? By the prosecutor. Isn't that just Wait his payment for Wait being on the board? The, Do you the board, the, the guys on a board that? being investigated for corruption, and the guy doing the investigation is asked to be fired by Biden. I don't know what happened. It smells to high heaven. I never said the Mueller witch hunt, the Mueller investigation was a witch hunt. I introduced legislation to protect Mueller. Mm-hmm. This seems to me like a political setup. It's all hearsay. You can't get a parking ticket conviction based on hearsay. The whistleblower didn't hear the phone call. Right. Who told the Which whistleblower about the phone call and everything else? He says Donald multiple Trump White House is still an American. Every American deserves to confront their accuser. So this is a sham as far as I'm concerned. I want to know who told the whistleblower about the phone call. I want to know why they changed the rules about whistleblowers not the hearsay rule was changed just a short period of time before the complaint was filed. The complaint uh, sounds like a legal document. Who helped him? Who helped this guy write it or this girl write it? We're not going to try the president of the United States 
based on hearsay. Every American has a right to confront their accuser. You wanted the president to release this partial call record. I did. But you're saying this is hearsay. The complaint on a number of fronts is matched by the, the call record. The transcript record. and the complaint are not matched. The reference now, now, to the DNC server. Please let me talk. The, will you please, do please. a favor? I'm laying out the facts here. No, no you're not. The no, you're making an argument. reference to that, Joe Biden. All those the things are Joe laid Biden out here. The fact that the, the attorney general was brought mind. up. You know, you've got an opinion. I got an opinion. You got me on the show. To tell me what what I think. I think Mueller did a good job for the country, and there was nothing there. I think this whole thing is a sham. I can't believe we're talking about impeaching the president based on an accusation based on hearsay. Who is this whistleblower? What bias do they have? Why did they pick this whistleblower to tell a hearsay story? The transcript does not match the complaint. What's going on here? Why did they change the rules about a whistleblower? Uh, you can use hearsay when you use could not just weeks before the complaint. So I think this thing stinks. And let me tell you about Republicans. You want to know about Republicans? Republicans believe that uh, you're guilty just by the accusation. If mm-hmm. you're Brett Kavanaugh, it doesn't matter. They don't tell you when it happened and where it happened. It just happened 30 years ago. If you're Donald Trump, you don't get to confront your accuser like every other American. Republicans believe this president's being persecuted. They don't love Donald Trump and the way he does business. They like what he does, but they believe he's being persecuted. They believe that everybody's out to get him. And I believe, as to this complaint, it smells. So the acting director of national intelligence, who was put in that job by the Trump administration, yeah. said he believed that the whistleblower no, was he did acting not. in No, he faith. did not. He said they couldn't question his motives, but he right. didn't know if it's true or not. So Adam Schiff read the 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 transcript in a way that everybody would believe that Trump's guilty. The DNI did not say he he could confirm this. No. He didn't know. He didn't have any reason to believe the the whistleblower is doing anything wrong. What I want to know: Who told the whistleblower about the transcript? Who told the whistleblower about a phone call between the president of the United States and a foreign leader? This yeah. is the third he, time a phone call has been compromised. I've read right. the transcript. I'm fine with it, but I'm not fine with this president being impeached based on hearsay. Every American should be able to confront their accuser, including Donald Trump. The the whistleblower here says that multiple White House officials uh, conveyed this they? to him and the Who fact are they? pattern what a, uh, was what laid out. But just, I, to, to move on to another point. But now, I, wait a minute. Let's stop right there. The whistleblower says, I have no direct knowledge. Right. Multiple White House officials told me this. Yes. They tell me about a phone call. There's a disconnect. Who are these people and what are they up to? You know, this is, Mueller wasn't a witch hunt, but this is, Salem witch trials have more due process than this. Due Why, process than this. Do How you, do you know she's a witch? Somebody told me she's a witch. What do you How do you think, know she's a witch? Do you think I the read articles thinking she might be a witch. Do you think the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, is advising him on this? Should he be out there publicly calling for the Ukrainian government to investigate Joe Biden? Why don't you ask him he's going to be on? Corruption abounds If he's doing a Ukraine. good job? Do you think he's being advised, advising the president? Here's what well. I think. I think nobody's asking about Joe Biden calling for the guy to be prosecu- uh, fired who's looking into a board that his son right. sits on. And did Joe Biden know that his son was receiving $50,000 when he asked for the prosecutor to be fired? You know this prosecutor, though, because I know you cover Ukraine and you watch Russia very People closely. People say you he's know dirty. That he, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know what? Not just the United States, did the Joe UK, Biden know, IMF, other international ask, organizations. Would you ask somebody this? Did Joe Biden know that his son was sitting on a board being investigated for corruption 
And the guy doing the investigation, Joe Biden, said, if you don't fire this guy, I'll cut mm-hmm. a billion dollars of aid off. Now, why am I asking that? A lot of Republicans don't believe the New Yorker and the political fact checkers are really as adequate substitute. I'm all asking is, due to Joe Biden's scenario, what you did for Trump, find somebody, not me, outside of politics to look and see if it makes sense. I love Joe Biden mm-hmm. as a person, but we cannot give... Democrats have passed and go after Republicans. Our Paula Reid is reporting that Attorney General Bill Barr was quite upset to see his name linked in that transcript to this call for an investigation. His link there to Rudy Giuliani. You have over. Have you asked the Attorney General if he was asked to investigate? Have you ever talked to Trump about anything in the Ukraine for corruption? No. Did the President ever ask you to call anybody in Ukraine? Did he ever mention going after Joe Biden? No. So this is a phone call between two presidents, one just getting reelected, just got elected. Congratulations. We're very generous to the Ukraine. Other countries like Germany should do more. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, I've heard that this prosecutor that fired, maybe he was a good guy and they fired him because he was looking at Joe Biden's son. Could you look into that? Congratulations. That, to me, is not a quid pro quo, and the entire whistleblower complaint is based on hearsay, and we're not going to impeach a president based on hearsay as long as I'm around. This is a sham. There's a political uh, Mm -hmm. smell to this that's far different than Mueller. What did you tell the president when you were golfing with him yesterday? Are you advising him? Uh, Work with uh, Blumenthal and Murphy on guns. Keep fighting back. We have your back on this. I'm openly telling everybody in the country I have the president's back because I think this is a setup. Work with uh, us on guns. Try to do something on prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. Govern the country and make Iran pay a price. You had a measured response when they shot down the drone. It didn't work, Mr. President. They're running wild. The Iranians put them back in a box. Try to be a good president. Defend yourself. And uh, that's what Bill Clinton did. These numbers you saw, right. the only thing I can tell you, Americans are fair. And if they believe President Trump did something troubling, they'll count, they'll count for that. But I don't think they're going to remove a man for office based on a hearsay accusation. And Bill Clinton was able to two, do two things at mm-hmm. once, defend himself and govern the country. And that's my advice to President Trump. Senator Graham. Thank you. We're joined now by Connecticut Democratic Senator Chris Murphy, who traveled to Ukraine earlier this month and met with President Zelensky there. Good morning to you, Senator. You just heard uh, Senator Graham give a full-throated defense of the president here. Uh, Would you like to respond? Well, Republicans are circling the wagons because they know this isn't about hearsay evidence. This is about a transcript in which the president of the United States seeks to trade away the credibility of the country, seeks to use the immense power of the presidency in order to destroy a political rival. The whistleblower complaint is absolutely credible, but frankly, you don't need it because you have a transcript of a conversation in which the president of the United States tried to convince a foreign leader to interfere in the 2020 election. And you have Rudy Giuliani on TV every morning and every night openly admitting that as an agent of the president's campaign, Mm -hmm. he has been coordinating with the State Department in order to try to perpetuate the president's political agenda. This is not allowable in a democracy. And frankly, it frightens me that Republicans are standing up and defending the president. Because if he gets away with this, what's to stop him from essentially integrating the entirety of American foreign policy, the State Department itself, into his political re-election campaign? The Ukrainians don't have a lot of interest in interfering in our election. You can hear that Mm -hmm. in the way that Zelensky talks. But if President Trump has asked or does ask the Russians 
or the Saudis to interfere in the 2020 election. They will simply ask when and how. Uh, the State Department has said Rudy Giuliani does not represent the U.S. government. They're, they've tried to make that clear. But w- when you went to Ukraine earlier this month and you met with President Zelensky, in the retelling of that, President Trump this week accused you of threatening the Ukrainian president. What exactly did you say? Well, first of all, of course Rudy Giuliani is attempting to speak for the United States government, right? And you can understand how the Ukrainians are confused when the personal Mm -hmm. representative of the president is coming to them and asking them to help destroy one of his political rivals. And you can also understand how they might be concerned that if they don't do the bidding of the president of the United States, there might be consequences that come to them. When I went to Ukraine three weeks ago, uh, I told the president um, that he he should stay away from interfering in the 2020 presidential election. And if he wants to talk to the United States government, he should talk to the State Department. Because I had heard these concerns that the Ukrainians didn't understand what the consequences would be if they said no to the president's request to investigate the Bidens. And they worried, um, rightly, that there might be a consequence to their security. Uh, And that just stands to reason. Remember, whether or not there's an explicit quid pro quo. There's an implicit threat in every demand that the President of the United States makes. If you don't do what the President of the United States wants, you know there are going to be consequences. Did you you ask if there was anything to all of these uh, insinuations around Hunter Biden? Did you ever bring that up with Ukrainian officials? Well, no, that didn't come up because we already know that there is zero evidence for the claims that the President is making. That, in fact, uh, the prosecutor at the time uh, was not investigating mm-hmm. uh, this company and that there is zero evidence to suggest... Well, the investigation that, was open, but it was not being prosecuted or well, pursued. And remember, and, and remember, the vice president was doing what every other one of our allies was doing. This was a corrupt and incompetent prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Vice President Biden, the EU, the IMF, everyone was calling for his removal. And by the way, at the time, there wasn't a single Republican in the United States Congress who was raising an issue with what the vice president was doing. It only comes up now that they are trying to defund, to defend the corrupt actions Why do you think, you sit on Senate Foreign Relations, so you have some oversight of the State Department. Uh, Secretary Pompeo has been subpoenaed by House Committee. number of diplomats are coming forward for depositions this week. Why, up to this point, has the State Department refused to hand over some of the documents? Do you have any insight into that? Well, listen, we're learning by the day how deeply integrated the State Department was into Trump's corrupt actions. Essentially, what Trump is trying to do... You think Secretary Pompeo was directly involved in this? Well, what we know is that, that Ambassador Volcker was involved, that Rudy Giuliani says he was doing this at the direction of the State Department. I don't know whether the secretary himself was involved, but what you cannot allow is for the president to use the massive power of his office, the credibility of the United States, in order to try to get foreign countries to interfere in an American election. That's what he was doing here today, and that's why you've seen this massive turn of public opinion. That's why Americans know that you have to open an impeachment inquiry. Is it possible to do what Lindsey Graham said here for the president to actually get things done legislatively. Are Democrats really going to be willing to work with him? So I'm willing to walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, I'd love to get a deal done on background checks. That's a matter of saving lives. Uh, so if the president's willing to work with us on guns, I'm ready to do it. If we don't get a background checks deal, mm-hmm. the only reason that it doesn't get done is because the president is distracted, not because his potential okay. partners in Congress won't work with him. Senator Murphy, thank you very much. We'll be back in one minute. Don't go away. I used to think that all diet and weight loss plans were the same. Well, not anymore, because I found Noom. Noom is a new and totally different approach to losing weight and getting healthy that uses psychology and small goals to help change your habits. 
so it's easy to lose the weight and keep it off for good. Noom combines the power of technology with real human support, offering as little or as much help as you want along the way. And since Noom is an app, it's always with you and easy to use, which makes it super easy to stay on track and reach your goals. Plus, it's really simple to get started. Just go online, answer a few quick questions, and they'll create a personalized program just for you. Noom helped me lose my old way of thinking about food and dieting. So what do you have to lose? Visit noom.com slash podcast, N-O-O-M dot com slash podcast, and start your 14-day trial today. Like they say, change your habits, change your mind, and change for good with Noom. We go now to Texas Republican Congressman Will Hurd. He joins us this morning from Burbank, California. Congressman, uh, thanks for getting up early to talk to us. You heard uh, Senator Graham say all of this is hearsay. We know the acting director of national intelligence has said uh, he has no reason to doubt the motives of the whistleblower. Where do you fall on this? Uh, well, first and foremost, I, th- I think we should be protecting the whistleblower, um, having laws in place to ensure that folks throughout the government are able to get to the right committees. Uh, information what they think may be wrongdoing is important. Um, there, there are troubling um, issues within the whistleblower's report, but they are allegations. And I think that's why we should explore these allegations through hearings. Where We had a hearing last week. We're going to be having some depositions um, this week as well um, t- in order to get to the bottom of this. And, and I will say this, um, you know, I, I was never in a terrorist organization but I collected a lot of intelligence on terrorist organizations uh, when I was an undercover officer in mm-hmm. the CIA. And so being able to get information secondhand is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I can't, I can't speak to the veracity of this whistleblower's right. information, but that's why we bring people and, be, and try to collect, collect facts, understand what was said, um, and be methodical about this. Um, we shouldn't rush it. Um, but we should we should explore uh, many of those issues highlighted by the whistleblower. So do you support the impeachment inquiry? Well, an impeachment inquiry, I, I think this is wordplay being used by, by Speaker Pelosi in order to placate some of the extreme wings uh, of her party. The last three times in history that there was an impeachment inquiry um, of a president, it was a vote on the House floor, and it was done in a bipartisan way. Uh, there are many uh, of my friends on the other side of the aisle that have been trying to impeach this, impeach this president uh, since January of 2017. Uh, but these are investigations. We should bring witnesses forward. I want to hear from the folks in the State Department. I want to hear from mm-hmm. Mayor Giuliani. Uh, I want to hear from Hunter Biden. I think he should he should show up and, and testify as well, too. Um, so there's a lot of questions to, to, to be had. Um, and Anybody who thinks um, that we have enough information to make a statement on impeachment, um, that's, that's incredibly premature. The president was captured on camera this week saying that uh, whoever told the whistleblower any of this is a spy and that he should be dealt with in the old way. Um, many perceive that to be a threat. How did you hear it and, and what are your concerns? 
Well, again, uh, whistleblowers are important. I'm concerned about the identity of this current whistleblower. I, we should hear from the whistleblower and, and talk to this individual about motives. Who are they talking to? Um, I, I hope, uh, I know the whistleblower has told both the House and the Senate committees uh, that he or she is interested um, and willing to testify. Uh, that will be important. Um, I hope we can protect this individual's name. Uh, I find it highly unlikely in this incredibly uh, partisan environment. Environment. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, I believe that, that Chairman Schiff is handling this like this is a tribal council on the survivor and we're voting somebody off the island. Um, this, is, this is serious business. Uh, we should be proceeding on the House side the way the Senate is and do this stuff in a thoughtful manner. And transparency is important. After we've done our work, um, let the American people know what's happening. But trying to do this in the public eye, it's having impact on our foreign policy. Uh, the fact that um, I'm sure many uh, leaders of other countries are concerned mm -hmm. about speaking to the U.S. president because they're afraid their words are going to get out into uh, the U.S. press. Um, so these are, this, this type of thing is having an impact on our foreign policy, especially at a time when you have the threats like Iran, right. especially at a time when you're dealing with the economic shenanigans of China. Um, this is where we should be, our allies should feel comfortable having conversations with us. But to be clear, it was the White House who released that call transcript. Uh, that, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Congressman Hurd, we have to leave it there. Thank you for, so much for your insights, and we will be watching the developments over the coming weeks. Coming up next, we'll talk to a Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, Alabama Congresswoman Terry Sewell. And then we'll hear from the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Stay with us. What's your next adventure? Everyone deserves a chance to do what they love. Pacific Life helps you reach financial goals while you go after your personal ones. Plans change over time and your financial solutions can too. Pacific Life has a variety of financial solutions that can help you complement your life goals and passions while managing the uncertainties. Backed by more than 150 years of experience, you can count on Pacific Life to be there so you can go out and keep living your best life. Pacific Life is one of the most dependable and experienced insurers in the industry and has been named one of the 2019 World's Most Ethical Companies by the Ethisphere Institute. The freedom to go after whatever is next for you? That's the power of Pacific. Ask a financial professional about how Pacific Life can help give you the freedom to do what you love. Or visit www.pacificlife.com. to face the nation, we turn now to a Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, Alabama Congresswoman Terry Sewell. Congresswoman, welcome. Thanks so much, Margaret. Now, the accusation is that Democrats were chomping at the bit to impeach, but you say you were actually very reluctant to move ahead with this. Well, you know, look, it's not because I didn't think that there were um, really unpresidential behavior by this president from moment one. Uh, but because I was worried uh, that it would get us sidetracked from other more important uh, items for the American people. But I do believe that we've crossed a, a Rubicon here. Um, I do believe that uh, this whistleblower um, allegation is so serious, it gets to the very heart of our nation's democracy, uh, the integrity of our elections. Uh, and if any district understands that, it's my district, Alabama's 7th Congressional District, which uh, was the civil rights district where people died, fought, uh, bled for the right to vote and the integrity of our elections are a question. When the president of the United States asks a foreign leader for a favor and then withholds 
millions of dollars of foreign aid in order to solicit interference in, in our mm-hmm. election. I don't think it gets more important than that. As you've heard, Republicans dispute this idea that there was a quid pro quo and dismiss this whistleblower a, as just relaying hearsay. You don't need a quid pro quo. Um, the reality is that the complaint speaks for itself and it corroborates the partial readout that we received earlier in the week. So I think that, you know, none of us come to Congress to try to impeach the president. I know the people I uh, elected me to go to Congress to lower prescription drug prices for them, to make sure that we have uh, an equal level playing field when it comes to education. But I think that we find ourselves at a very sombering moment in Americans' history. And we can either uh, choose to live by the oath that we took, which is to uphold this Constitution and get to the bottom of what's going on. We need to understand that what we've, uh, what the speaker has done is initiated an inquiry, mm-hmm. an inquiry. And obviously, the roadmap is the complaint. It, uh, it raises lots of concerns as to the extent of uh, this, sp- this president's uh, portrayal. Uh, and we need to get to the bottom of that. We how, need to do so in a deliberate manner. Deliberate manner. How quickly is this actually going to move from inquiry to articles of impeachment? Well, I can tell you that we in the uh, Intel Committee are working diligently through this uh, Rosh Hashanah break. Um, and uh, we don't know exactly when it will come, but we do know that we're working in a deliberate, thoughtful manner. Uh, we'll follow the uh, facts where they lead us. And the American people deserve to understand and know to what extent did the president, um, you know, uh, interfere in our mm-hmm. elections? And to what extent has it been a cover-up? I think all of those things are, unfortunately, we're, we're at this moment in American history, but we need to live up to our oath if the president's not going to live up to his. As a Democrat, you, you said this worried you, that you wouldn't be able to get real work done for your constituents. In the polling that CBS has done, 42 percent, of people polled think Congress will still work on legislation. 58% of Americans say they're going to be just too distracted. But we've already shown that we can do both. How can you work with the president when there's an effort underway to impeach him? How is it possible to do both things? First of all, we can do things uh, in a methodical, uh, diligent way. The Intel Committee will will conduct the investigation. And I'm on the House Ways and Means Committee. We are working diligently to address a surprise billing, to address uh, the prescription drug problem. problem that we have in America. I'm also on the working group uh, of Democrats that's looking at USMCA. So we have a lot of things going on simultaneously. Um, We are multitaskers as legislators, and we can do both. Congresswoman, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, we'll be tracking how the committee investigation continues. We will be right back with the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. He is standing by for us in New York. So don't go away. We're back now with President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, who is called a central figure in the whistleblower complaint. He joins us from New York this morning. Mr. Mayor, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mother. Why wouldn't the president reach out first to law enforcement, to his own agencies, if his concern was truly about corruption? Why bring this up in a phone call with the leader of Ukraine? Well, I mean, this goes back actually to... November of 2018. I, I wasn't asking for this. Uh, someone came to me, a very well-respected in- investigator, American citizen, and told me that in, in, in Ukraine, there were a number of allegations of interference in the 2016 election that appear to be um, real and truthful, unlike the Russian uh, collusion hoax. 
and that it was very really ironic that Hillary Clinton, the Democratic National Committee, our embassy there, was collecting dirt going back to the early part of 2016 on the Trump campaign, on uh, people who operated in the Trump campaign, on the president, and that there were witnesses, quite a few of them, that would support this. And they've been trying to get it to the FBI for a year to a year and a half, and they have been frustrated in, in doing so. So having gotten that, as his defense lawyer, I had to pursue it. They would Sorry, not talk Chris to the Ray, FBI. The because FBI they, director appointed by President Trump, you're saying, refused to look at this? I didn't say he refused to look at it. I you said, said they the were afraid. You just said the FBI wouldn't look at it. I said they were afraid to go to the FBI because they had been turned down so often. And one of the central figures in it is a uh, FBI agent who appears to be involved in the gathering of dirt work with a particular company owned by George Soros that was collecting this information. That company is one of the companies where Biden's uh, bribery of Poroshenko, he got that case dismissed. People were ignoring that, that Biden played a role in getting these collusion allegations uh, covered up by having the case against Antac uh, dismissed. So it was all one piece. The reason I investigated it yep. is... As his defense lawyer, it's my job to show if there's an alternative explanation that proves him innocent. I got it to the point. Let me finish. I got it to the point of affidavits. I put them all online. Mm -hmm. Here's one of them. Well, sorry, can uh, we finish on on the first point you brought up? Because this is very complicated, Mr. Mayor. I want to. Well, I know. I I know nobody wants to. I know. No, I want to actually. I know nobody wants to cover. No, we did. Actually, CBS News uh, and our partners, BBC, in Ukraine, went to the prosecutor general to ask him specifically about uh, about the Biden questions you're raising, the current one. Let's play the clip, please. And I uh, told uh, Mr. Giuliani, okay, if you start your investigation in the United States, we can officially help you. According to international law, we will give you legal international uh, assistance. Have you got any evidence that Joe Biden acted in any way which supported Hunter Biden's company, Burisma? It is not my jurisdiction. But have you got any? It is not my jurisdiction. I uh, can't do nothing which is not connected with Ukrainian law. uh, So under Ukrainian law, you've got nothing? Nothing. So that was Sergei Lysenko, who was one of the advisors to the current president. We also no, spoke no, no, off no, no, camera no. to Margaret, the prosecutor Margaret, general who said there was very no embarrassing. evidence there. Margaret, this is exceedingly embarrassing. Mr. Lutsenko has been fired by the current president. Mr. Lutsenko is exactly the prosecutor that Joe Biden put in in order to uh, tank the case. And it is suspected. You met with him he repeatedly, and- he says. About this. Well, he's not the current prosecutor general. Right, I know. I said the prosecutor general. We, we, prosecutor no, no, no. general we spoke with off camera as well. But you, and but he you had failed. to the Washington but, Post and other organizations said yeah, I know uh, what, that yeah, he didn't have well, may, uh, evidence Maybe, maybe, maybe you all are so blinded because this is a Democrat. You're not doing your job properly. The prosecutor general you should have spoken to is the one who was fired, who has said in this affidavit that he was fired specifically because he was investigating Joe Biden's son. This has been online for six months, mm-hmm. and the Washington media just closes their eyes to it. That's the wrong prosecutor general you're talking to. The, the prosecutor even, general even you're simple, referring to there even, is Victor even, Shokin, and that is online, and you shared that with our team, and we did look at it, and he was 
called to be fired, not just also, by the United States, but other organizations who but, said but he, he wasn't he, investigating. In fact, he was fired but, but for the he, thing he, he you're saying he, he wasn't doing. But, Margaret, he says the opposite under oath. He In an Austrian court, you're oath. showing there, yes. Did and that's a court also, filing on also, behalf of uh, another invite, individual who's I, facing extradition I invite to the United your, States. I, I, I invite your reporters, who I'm sure are interested in digging out corruption, to see if this isn't corroborated by three other prosecutors who say the same thing. The one that you interviewed is the one who was corrupted. And Mr. there are a lot Mr. of allegations Mayor, about I, I want to ask you about something that has developed in the past few cases, hours. Including against Soros. I want to ask you, because you may have direct knowledge here, um, since you have said Kurt Volker, the U.S. envoy to Ukraine, set up those meetings you said for you with Ukraine's leaders. Um, He has resigned. Do you know why? I don't know why Kurt resigned. I mean, there. He's being deposed this week. Kurt Kurt, um, did his job honorably and decently. I think there are a lot of people in the State Department who maybe have questions about what he did and why he did it. But I should tell you, he wasn't the only one. He was joined by another ambassador who talked to me, uh, debriefed me, uh, gave me information about what to ask uh, Mr. Mr. Yermak. Who is that? I did not do this on my own. I did it at the request of the State Department. And I have all of the text messages to prove it. And I also have a thank you from them from doing a good job. Who? So, um, Who sent you that? I don't know did, why did, the State did, Department did is running away Secretary of State Pompeo it. know you were doing these things? Did he ask you to do these things? He did not. Uh, Mr. Mr. Um, Volker did, and then Mr. Sunland did. But when I talked to the Secretary last week, he said he was aware of it. He told me that he was aware of it. So he, you're saying the Secretary of State didn't instruct you to set up these meetings, but he knew what you were doing when you were well, meeting wait, 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 with members wait. of the Ukrainian government? No, I'm asking I, you to I, clarify I, that. What, what exactly clar- did Pompeo I, I think I clarified it, but I'm happy to say it again. Please do. On, Je- on uh, July 19th, uh, 2019, Kurt Volker called me, text message to prove it. I put it out last week. Would you please, uh, would you allow me to give your phone number to Mr. Yermak, who wants to talk to you to right. clear up the confusion about your canceled trip to the Ukraine? I said, it's up to you. You think I should do it? He said, the guy's a straight guy, unlike another lawyer who, right. around the president who's crooked. I said, I'm willing to do it. Let me check the guy out first. I called him back two or three days later. We arranged a meeting. Mm-hmm. He knew about the meeting. At the end of the meeting, I called Mr. Volker and Ambassador Sunlin, and I debriefed them. I told them okay. what I had learned. And then on August 11, I had a complete debriefing. All right. uh, at, at the time, they didn't mention the Secretary of State. They don't have to. They're both as- right. ambassadors and assistant secretaries, I think. Yeah. However, we, when I spoke when I spoke to, to the secretary last week, yes. I said, I, I, are you aware of this? And he said, yes, I know about okay. this. Thank you well, for clarifying that, Mr. Mayor. Uh, we will be back in a moment with our panel. It's now time for some analysis from our panel. Adam Entus is a staff writer at The New Yorker. Paula Reed is a White House correspondent here at CBS. Michael Morell is a CBS News senior national security contributor and a former acting director of the CIA. He also served as an advisor to Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. And Rachel Bade covers Congress for The Washington Post. Uh, Paula, a lot to unpack. Um, let's start with the president's attorney, where we just left off there. Uh, what stood out to you? He didn't answer the core question, which is if you thought there was any evidence of wrongdoing 
Why did you go to Ukraine? Why didn't you go to U.S. law enforcement? The attorney general has been clear. The president has never asked him to look into anything related to the Bidens in Ukraine. Uh, Rudy Giuliani has presented this affidavit. There are other officials who give a differing account. But at the, at the core of this is if you think there's a problem, why wouldn't you go to the FBI? Why wouldn't you go to the Justice Department? Or are you just trying to sow questions and seeds of doubt in the absence of any true evidence? And in that partial call transcript, the attorney general is mentioned a few times by the president. But what you're reporting is that there was no actual contact that happened. Exactly. And I've learned from a person familiar that he was angry. He was surprised that he would be lumped in with Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani is the president's personal attorney. William Barr is the nation's top law enforcement official. And it raises the question about whether the president thinks those two are one and the same. Now, there is some some reason for him to think that. Uh, William Barr has been his staunchest defender. The way he handled the Mueller report, very favorable to the president. But now it's up to William Barr going forward to try to allay any of those concerns. Mike, you know Russia, you know Ukraine, you know what happened at the time. When you hear this sort of retelling of history and what happened during the Biden-Obama years, uh, what are you hearing? What stands out to you? What do we need to know? What stands out to me is that there is a complete absence of clarity here, right? So there's this image that the vice president acted on his own. No, he was the point man for administration policy, interagency agreement, agreement across countries that we needed to pressure Ukraine to get tough on corruption. He wasn't freelancing. He was not freelancing. The second is that there's a deep irony here, right, is that the investigation of Brisbane was on hold. And one of the things we were concerned about was that there wasn't enough investigations going on about corruption. Burisma was on hold when Biden was pressuring. This is the gas company that Hunter Biden ended up on the board. Exactly. So the irony here is that the vice president, in pressing the prosecutor general to resign, to be fired, right, was actually creating an opportunity for Burisma investigation to reopen. Right. So it's the direct opposite of what everybody thinks. It's confusing to the public, though, as well here. Um, And I know you, Adam, have been digging into uh, Hunter Biden and the work he did do for this gas company. Uh, Is there any there there? Well, I think there's two issues. Uh, One, should Hunter have taken this position when his father was, uh, you know, vice president playing a key role in shaping policy towards Ukraine? Should some of Biden's advisors or White House officials or State Department officials have said to Joe Biden or said to Hunter Biden, you know what, you really shouldn't be on this board. That never happened. So that's a I think that's a legitimate question. Uh, On the issue of whether Joe Biden used his office in order to have Shokin, this prosecutor, fired, um, you know, I spent a lot of time looking at this. Uh, mo- much of what I see is the opposite. Um, the oligarch who, who, who recruited a Hunter to be on this board, when Shokin was the prosecutor, he was in Ukraine. He, was, he felt safe, according to former board members. He didn't feel like he, had any je- he was in legal, legal jeopardy at all. It was once Shokin was fired and Lutsenko, who was the person who you interviewed here, took over as the prosecutor, that's when the oligarchs, Lachevsky, decided to leave the country. He went to Dubai at that point because that's when he was concerned that he might actually be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. So really when, when Shokin leaves, that's when the oligarch feels like he's actually in jeopardy. Rachel, you heard uh, Senator Graham on this program fully defend the president here. This is someone who knows the details of this region, these policies. Uh, are other Republicans standing by the president on this fight? 
Yeah, I mean, largely the party is sticking with the president right now. We are seeing a little cracks begin to emerge. I will say privately, we hear a lot of griping from lawmakers on the Hill who are wondering why the president put out this transcript to begin with and, and think that there is something that really is damaging. Um, we have seen a couple of Republicans start to crack. Mitt Romney, for example, came out and said that this was uh, disturbing, uh, sort of un- unacceptable. We saw um, Republicans in a hearing last week uh, Mike Turner from Dayton, Ohio, say that this sort of action, asking a foreign leader to investigate a political adversary that would benefit you, is point blank not okay. But there's a difference between some Republicans, and I can probably count them on one or two hands, who are willing to say that this sort of activity is not acceptable, and actually saying that this is an impeachable offense. We saw um, a really interesting sort of flip-flop over the weekend with a Republican um, from Nevada, Mark Amaday. He had been talking to reporters on Friday saying... Let's see where this goes. He was asked about the impeachment inquiry, and it seemed like he was supporting it, saying, you know, this is an investigation. There are concerning allegations here. Let's see where it goes. Well, within 24 hours, he totally (laughs) walked back on that and said, I was never supporting the impeachment investigation. And again, this is just showing that this is a party that sticks with the president, who is very popular with their base. Mike, the whistleblower, um, as we've been reporting, came from the intelligence community. Um, and yet you have Republicans saying everything laid, laid out in that complaint was just hearsay. From the work you saw uh, that was then made public, does that look like it's based on just hearsay? So the whistleblower seems to me to be highly credible. Whistleblower made a number of allegations. We know that the first allegation that the phone call was made and the ask was made about investigating the vice president was 100 percent correct. The whistleblower lays out not just the fact that they received this from one source, but multiple sources. The whistleblower complaint is detailed. Um, It's compelling. Um, We still need to look into the other allegations, but I think the whistleblower is highly credible. In other words, this looks like uh, an analysis product that an agency would produce. So when I read it, I said this is a high-quality piece of CIA analysis. Um, This person was well-trained. They're highly skilled. Um, I was kind of proud of the product, right, and looking at it. Um, It seemed to me like this was a piece of CIA analysis. Paula, are White House officials actually nervous, or are they embracing impeachment as the fight they want to have? Look, the president is not likely to be removed from office. That's just basic math. And so far, this administration has constantly been under this cloud of controversy and scandal. But the real concern is that now this impeachment inquiry and possible articles of impeachment makes it almost impossible Mm -hmm. to to expect any kind of success on the legislative front. Uh, They were making some progress getting the president's proposal together uh, for gun control legislation. Uh, They were hoping for maybe something on prescription drugs, the USMCA. Now their biggest concern is they may not have much to show uh, when they go on the campaign trail in 2020, particularly a trade deal. The president so far has not been able to get any of his trade deals actually approved. The USMCA was his big hope. And with this, unlikely. Adam, why aren't we seeing Joe Biden out there sitting down, actively defending his son and giving detailed explanations for all of this? There's a lot of dirt being kicked up into the air. I mean, there's a reason why uh, they're focusing on Hunter. Um, this is a, This is a really delicate issue for Joe Biden. Um, particularly delicate in the period that we're talking about, because this is right when Bo is very sick and getting, you know, is his last year of life, which is really when Hunter takes this, makes this deal to work with Burisma, this Ukrainian company. And historically, you know, um, aides to Biden just never wanted to address this issue with him. It was too sensitive. 
things that involved his family were just considered to be off limits largely to his staff. And I think to a, to a fault, you know, he, you know, was reluctant to really say anything to his son, you know, about the appropriateness of some of his business choices. And the way they dealt with it was like a don't ask, don't tell policy where Hunter uh, wouldn't tell his father about his activities and uh, Joe Biden wouldn't ask. And so they just had this area that they didn't discuss. And that kind of allowed this thing to sort of stew. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if this had been addressed early on, uh, in 2014, when this became public that he was on this board, um, you know, we wouldn't be maybe discussing it now. Rachel, is opening the inquiry ultimately something that could backfire for Democrats because it keeps this story out there? That was the number one concern uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi had about impeachment when she opened the new Congress this year. I mean, she has been the single greatest reason why Democrats who overwhelmingly have favored for impeachment for a while um, have not charged forward. But this um, Pelosi has said to her colleagues, she said it publicly, this is something different. This is, um, there were concerns that, for example, Robert Mueller's report about 10 instances of potential obstruction of justice, that that wasn't resonating with the public. There were uh, suggestions that even though federal prosecutors named Trump as the number one individual involved in allegations of, uh, well, actually paying off women who alleged fares mm-hmm. uh, with the president in 2016, that wasn't resonating with the public, and the public wasn't supporting impeachment. But we are seeing in some of these CBS numbers just today that that's changing. 55% supporting an impeachment inquiry, more people supporting the impeachment of the president than actually do not. Pelosi, it seems, was right that this was something different and that this Mm -hmm. is going to move public sentiment potentially continuing in their direction. Major story. We'll continue following. That's it for us today. Thank you for watching and thank you to the Jones Day Law Firm for hosting us. Until next week, for Face the Nation, I'm Margaret Brennan. Today's guests were Senators Lindsey Graham and Chris Murphy, Congressman Will Hurd and Congresswoman Terry Sewell, and President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. The executive producer of Face the Nation is Mary Hager. This broadcast was directed by Allison Hawley. Face the Nation originates from CBS News in Washington. For more Face the Nation, we're online at facethenation.com, and you can follow Face the Nation and CBS Radio News on Twitter and Instagram. Face the Nation is also rebroadcast on our digital network, CBSN, at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 6 p.m. Eastern every Sunday. If you like Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery+. Plus. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. 
Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.